funny how? It'd be funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special holiday episode of the Silver Screen Video. It is me, Jonathan, here with The Grinch, a.k.a. my co-host, Jacob. The Grinch? I was going to do a Santa sound. I was going to go, ho, ho, ho. Nah, man, you were being The Grinch before, so sorry. You can't just switch gears on me. (sighs) Look, let's not bring our dirty laundry on to this nice, uh, pure Christmas episode that we have. You're right. You're right. So, guys, I take it back. My co-host is not the Grinch. My co-host is Santa. Uh, like in that movie, The Santa Claus, when he gets knocked off the roof and murdered by Tim Allen's character. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've been killed by Tim Allen. And then, uh, like somebody else puts the coat on, and they become Santa. Isn't that the gist of that movie? Yeah, I think so. I, I watched it a lot when I was a kid, but I don't. I didn't retain any of it. I really can't remember it. I can say thankfully i have never seen that movie nor any of its sequels i don't watch any movies with tim allen or at least i try not to dude i love tim allen what are you talking about i don't know he just seems awful you know he seems like one of those um one of those like uh celebrities who are awful like you know how he like like snitched on all his friends and they all went to jail and he didn't and then became a tv star you know and dude i'm not no, this is a Christmas movie episode. This is not going to turn into you bashing Tim Allen. I'm a big fan. I like Tim Allen. I like his stand-up. I like uh, Home Improvement. Um, yeah, it's too late. You can't salvage it. <laughs> Guys, today is our top five favorite Christmas movies and some other stuff. That, that, is, that is what this episode is called. Yeah, but we're, yeah, 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 but we're like, what, we're going to explore, like, some other Christmas movies that uh, maybe some other people think are great, but are not on either of our lists, because, you know, I feel like Christmas movie lists, these are really personal, you know what I mean? These are, like, the ones that you think about when you're, you know, sitting by yourself, you know, with your hand plaintively on the window and it's snowing outside and you're just feeling sad about the world and about how you're turning another year older and how you haven't had kids yet and how maybe you don't even know if you want kids, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, Robert Frost, can I cut you off there? <laughs> um, uh, listen, guys, uh, my my co <laughs> my co-host normally. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere my- with that. You were just calling me Robert Frost? I couldn't think of anybody else. I thought they call you Charles Dickens, like because it sounded like you were like reading pages from a book. Um, no, nah, that's straight off it, the dome, homie. Yeah, yeah, straight off the dome. Um, <laughs> listen, guys, my co-host normally will set the the theme or the mood, but today I'm doing it. This is the video store Christmas party. Um, mm. You're hanging out. You've clearly had too much eggnog. You're probably going to say some things you shouldn't have said. You're going to lash out at a coworker, maybe lash out at a customer who who constantly rents shitty movies and you're very angry about it. Um, <laughs> so th- this is our video store holiday party and we're just going to hang out, talk about some Christmas movies, 
talk about ones that work, ones that don't work. You know, this is it, man. So grab your eggnog, grab a cigar if you want. I sure would. A cigar? Um, yeah, dude, a cigar and an eggnog and just sit back and let's just uh, let's talk about some Christmas. Music. Okay, for our more normal listeners out there, get you a nice cup of hot chocolate, maybe a couple of Christmas cookies, a fucking eggnog and cigar. Yeah, dude, uh, but I'll be dead. I'm dead serious with you. I'm, I, I won't say my age on the podcast, but you know how old I am. Uh, I've never had 48. a glass of eggnog. <laughs> Uh, in my 48 years of life, I've never had a glass of eggnog, uh, but I love cigars. But I thought it was normal to say, let's drink some eggnog. So that's why I threw it out there. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I don't know shit about the eggnog. So, yeah, sure. Hot cocoa. I don't care. Just make sure you put some alcohol in it um, so you can have fun at the holiday party. So let's do it. All right. So should we start off with, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go first. I'm going to get this one out of the way. I'm going to get my number five uh, out of the way because I uh, my number five is a French movie from 2009 called A Christmas Tale. And this is the only sad Christmas movie that we really have to talk about. But I want to I wanted to mention it because I feel like, you know, an important part of the holidays, like obviously Christmas is like you know, you want to escape into like fantasy worlds of Christmas or whatever. But like, what if someone made a movie that was kind of a realistic uh, interpretation of like how complicated like family life can be and getting in arguments and petty disagreements and so on and so forth. Who cannot relate to that? And that's what this movie is about. A Christmas tale. Um, it's on the Criterion channel if you're interested. It also is, um, it's a good movie just outside of, uh, like it's, it's not necessarily a seasonal watch. Um, but it's, yeah, but a family who gets together for Christmas and they just fight and bicker and all these old wounds get opened up and it's a really, really good family drama that just happens to take place at Christmas because, you know, you're around family the most around Christmas time. Um, it's not a fun cheery uh, watch. Let, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Let me let me stop you right there, guys. I this is the only movie on his top five I have not seen. Um, I, I, I'm just I feel like you weren't very honest there. I'm gonna read you the synopsis to this movie. <laughs> when steely French matriarch Junine learns she has leukemia. There we go. That's a Christmas hot word right there. <laughs> she asks her children and grandchildren at the family Christmas gathering to see if they are eligible to become bone marrow donors. Once again, this is what I think of when I think Christmas. <laughs> this causes deep friction in the family, especially between Judon's daughter, Elizabeth, and her son, Henry, who already have a tumultuous relationship. Their mother's sickness also recalls the traumatic loss. There it is of their brother Joseph when they were children. <laughs> so guys, we've got leukemia, we've got bone marrow donors, we've got a dead sibling, and we've got family relationships being torn apart. <laughs> Man, I don't know of a better Christmas movie on either of our lists than this. <laughs> Look, I preface this by saying, you know, I, in fact, I would say don't even watch this during Christmas, you know? Watch it watch it in the new year whenever you really want to kill yourself. <laughs> What I, what I suggest, and guys, this is what I'm going to do. I suggest on Christmas morning, before 
like I don't have kids, but I'll be with my nieces and nephews as they open their presents before they open their presents before. If you have kids before your kids open their presents, just wake up early, fix you some cocoa or coffee or whatever. Put this movie on. It's only two hours, uh, Two hours and 32 minutes. That's breezy. <laughs> and you sit down and you watch this movie with your kids and then you open presents. It'll really set the tone for the whole day. Look, whatever. I stand by it. You know, not like Christmas movies include not just, you know, all the cheery, happy shit like, you know, that you normally watch around the holidays. Like, you know, there, there needs to be a realistic portrayal of some of the difficulties of life. And how it relates and can be exacerbated by the holidays. And so I stand by it. I think this is a great Christmas movie. And I think it's a great movie, period. Now, is it a fun watch? No. But hey, you know what? You should be a fucking adult. And you should be able to watch something else besides cheery nonsense on Christmas. There. I fucking said it. I don't give a shit. No, you're right. You're right. Can I get to my number five now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry. Did I spend too long on my number five? No, I'm excited about mine. Oh, Can I say it? All right, sorry, go ahead. Guys, my number five is Schindler's List. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Fuck. Technically, say, a Christmas movie, if you think about it, you know. Uh, I don't know how that is true, but <laughs> um, I will say I agree with you. On a more serious note, I agree with you. I think that Christmas movies don't have to be like cheery and uplifting. I think that those are the ones people gravitate towards, but I do think like a movie that's on my top five that we'll get to a Christmas Carol going back to its source material or are, are looking at it's a wonderful life. Those aren't necessarily uplifting movies. Now that's the way we typically translate them, but like they are pretty heavy dramas that involve aging and death and suicide and some pretty heavy shit. That's true. So, I agree with you. I think that we should be able to watch a little heavier movies because not everything you can enjoy a movie just because it doesn't involve like some wacky shenanigans about a guy trying to buy a toy or or any of that, you know, I mean, so I do agree with that. I'm just, I'm never going to watch this movie though. Just (laughs) saying that. Um, But I do agree with, with what you said. So, all right. So yeah, my number five, uh, Gremlins. I don't know how I'm, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to follow up a Christmas tale uh, with Gremlins. I mean, it doesn't have leukemia or anything in it. But <laughs> it's um, actually got a disease worse than leukemia if you think about it. That's true. I mean, I would be pretty pissed if I lived in that town and there was just Gremlins running around everywhere. Now wait, let me ask you this because I am someone who likes Gremlins, especially I love Gremlins too. Um, is this a Christmas movie? I mean, I know it is a Christmas movie, but what are the Christmas elements of Gremlins? Because I, I think it's a great movie, but I guess what specifically about uh, about Gremlins like brings up the kind of like Christmas cheer that you want on the holidays? You know, that's a tough question, and this is why as much fun as it is to give you a hard time about a Christmas tale, I think that sometimes, and, and this will be something we heavily explore when we get to another one on my list, I think sometimes it's difficult to put into words why a certain movie like would would make you feel Christmassy. So as like odd as this is for a Christmas movie, there's something about it. The father, the, the father and son, he gets him the 
the the mogwai or i think that's what they were called mogwai yeah um you know from this cool little shop and he gives it to him as a present and like just shenanigans that are kind of scary but kind of not scary and fun like i don't know dude i just i love joe dante i love how he directed it and you've just got i don't know there's just there's something cool man i love gizmo and like i love like the christmas tree element in the background and the snow and the uh, like everything going on in the town i mean i can't sit here and tell you yeah this is like this is a hundred percent a Christmas movie, but I mean, I do think it is more of a non-conventional pick. Like I, I think it pretty much anybody whose list it falls on, it's more of a non-conventional pick. I mean, it's definitely a great movie regardless. Um, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't give me those Christmas vibes um, like it does you, but I mean, yeah, it's a fucking great movie. I mean, it's also like I like the second one a lot. I, I think I like personally like the second one better just because it's so funny. But the first one is more kind of creepy. Like there is elements of it that are like kind of jump scares and stuff like that, you know, and it's kind of gross, like certain elements of it. Well, yeah, I agree, but I love both. I love dude. The little fucking gremlins have like little hats on and little earmuffs and they're literally singing <laughs> like. Dude, that's just, that's great, man. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. This is, I think this would be considered non-conventional. My favorite gremlin is the, um, the one in the second one that goes on TV and. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. (laughs) I dude, I love when they're sitting in the audience. This is the scene I remember. Like this was what kind of pulled me in. I didn't even know what the movie was. I, I was on TNT and I was a kid and you've got the gremlin sitting in the movie theater and they start laughing at something. But as they laugh, like their whole body convulses. So like they throw their popcorn everywhere, like as they're laughing. (laughs) And I don't know why, but that's always been one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Oh man. I'll tell you what, if you're out there and you have not seen either gremlins one or gremlins two, you got to watch both of them. But man, gremlins two is one of the fucking funniest movies I've ever seen in my whole life. I agree, dude. It was like a movie. I don't if 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 the story is true, I don't think Dante wanted to make a sequel. Yeah. So he basically made the same movie. Right. And he had a lot more fun with it. And he was just like, I don't give a fuck what any of the studio thinks about what I'm doing. This is just going to be crazy. Yeah. And it worked. It worked on every level. So good. So funny. Okay, I think our uh, both of our number fours are definitely much more hardcore Christmas picks. Right. Um, now, let's just... I, I obviously know what my number four is, but why don't you say it? Because sometimes uh, uh, notes apps can delete things. So, like, what... Uh, what is what does my number four say on what you have, just out of curiosity? Okay, I'm going to... Before I say the name of your number four, I'm going to say this. I rewatched this the other day for the first time in years because I wanted to be fresh on it for the episode. And this is one of the craziest, bizarre, grown men doing crazy shit movies <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Uh, I know that movie is. is Jingle All the Way. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't remember if I'd put Jingle All the Way at four or if I'd put it higher. But yeah, Jingle All the Way, Jingle All the Way could easily be my number one. I mean, honestly, like it's so, so fucking funny. Um, Dude, I just don't remember 
so much crazy shit. Dude, Sinbad is a homicidal maniac. <laughs> he has a bomb that he doesn't know is a bomb, and it literally blows up in a cop's hand. It just doesn't kill anybody. <laughs> and then he assaults one of the people in the in the in the little show at the end, puts the costume on, and literally almost murders a child. Oh yeah. But but here's the kicker. He gets the doll in the end, doesn't have to pay for anything he's done, <laughs> and he goes home. Yeah. Same with Arnold. And that kid that he almost kills at the end, not the first child he assaults in the movie. No. Yeah. Okay. So for any of our listeners who don't know this, this masterpiece of 90s cinema, it's a movie called Jingle All the Way. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. That Arnold Schwarzenegger is a... Uh, a parent of Jake Lloyd also plays uh, young Darth Vader in uh, the Star Wars movies. And he is, what does he do? He does he sell carpet? I think he's a, he's a, no, I think it was like, it was like a mattress. Like, wasn't it that's mattresses right. or something? That's right. Yeah, yeah. He sells mattresses. He's a mattress salesman. And he, his son wants him to be around to do his karate, you know, to come to his karate shows and whatever the fuck. And the dad is just, he's too busy. He's selling mattresses right and left, right? He just can't come to all this shit. And uh, his wife is uh, the lovely Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks's wife. Um, And uh, so anyways, uh, Rita Wilson basically confronts him and is like, you got to start being more of a father to your son. You got to stop selling these motherfucking mattresses all day. And yeah, you know, stop being successful at your job and making money for, <laughs> for our family. Stop paying for stop this it. beautiful fucking house that we live in, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so anyways, so, um, he, so the son comes up and is like, dad, I want turbo man for Christmas. Turbo man is this, uh, action figure superhero kind of thing. And, um, so he goes, yeah, of course. He tells his wife, of course, I got him the Turbo Man doll. Obviously, like, what kind of what kind of father am I? And then the rest of the movie is Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to be a good parent to his son by finding a fabled Turbo Man doll. Now, this is also a little bit of '90s kind of like culture because this shit used to happen. I don't. Well, I guess it happens still. Like, you you can't get a PS5. Like, that's. You know, PlayStation Five. Yeah, but but obviously, I think because of the pandemic, maybe it doesn't apply. But but you've still got people like uh, last year. You can even look up videos from Black Friday of motherfuckers trampling each other right. and shit. Like, but I feel like I, I feel like specifically though, like back in the '90s and stuff, there would be like one specific toy every holiday that was like the it toy, and it would always like oh, that's true. You know what yeah. I mean? It would always like Furby or like Tickle Me Elmo or whatever, like. Those are just a couple that I remember. And maybe this didn't happen as often as I think it did, but it, it used to be kind of like a cultural thing where there's like one toy every season. Um, you remember Stretch so it's Armstrong? It's kind of like a throwback in that regard. Yeah, Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. Do you remember Stretch um, Armstrong? I thought you were ignoring me for a second. <laughs> no, I said, yeah, Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's no, funny. I just thought you were ignoring me for a second. Like, I don't want to talk about Stretch Armstrong. Um, oh <laughs> no! Uh, <laughs> no, of course I remember Stretch Armstrong. Yeah, I used yeah, to have they're one. Super. Uh, well, me too. But now they're super rare, and they're selling for a ton of money. But Stretch Armstrong was that movie. I don't know if it was of that toy. I don't know if it was that toy for all of the country. But I remember the town that I lived in. Like Stretch Armstrong's was sell out like super fast, and people would uh, go crazy over. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I feel like it was like a different toy every year. Um, 
But anyways, yeah, that's Jingle All the Way. And you can and, and Sinbad is a uh, mailman who a homicidal mailman who basically kind of joins in with Arnold to try to find their respective sons, uh, Turbo Man dolls. And Arnold gets into all kinds of shenanigans. You cannot imagine the kind of shenanigans. He he sticks his finger his fingers inside of a child's mouth and yells, I'm not a pervert in a ball pit. Uh, Dude, you get Phil Hartman is the rapey neighbor. Oh, right, 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 right. Phil Hartman is trying to cuck Arnold behind his back. Arnold, you don't cuck Arnold. Jim Belushi plays his homicidal Santa who's like bootleg selling bootleg toys. Yeah, basically like, like a gangster mafia Santa Claus with an army of elves who are making there's a it's like a black market toy like thing. If that's not like if that's not where they got the idea for bad Santa from, like it has to at least play into it a little bit. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, it's goddamn. What a fucking movie, man. Sinbad gets beaten up by like women who are like fighting for like their children. And he just keeps yelling Rodney King, Rodney King as he's getting beaten up. It's just, yeah, it's, it's so amazing. It's absurd. Sinbad literally sets off a bomb in a radio uh, studio, like John said, with a cop. Um, and these are just, these are just a few of the pleasures that you will get. If you fire up jingle all the way, which I think is on Netflix, right? Uh no, I had to rent it. Oh um, well, either way, it's worth either your way, money. It's, it's fucking yeah, great. it's worth it. It's ninety minutes of madness that is from a time that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, like movies like this just don't exist anymore. Yeah, so watch this movie. It's wild. It's it's like it's like legitimately funny too. Like like Phil Hartman is so funny and like as like this sleazy, like trying to, you know, get in with this guy's wife while he's off trying to find a, this toy or whatever. And, Oh God, it's so good, man. I used to watch this movie and this is another perfect Christmas movie because it's like, this is the kind of movie that you can watch with your kids and like the adults are laughing too. You know what I mean? It's like for everybody, it's like a perfect family movie. Um, Oh yeah, I agree, dude. I watched it as an adult by myself and laughed my ass off. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, but but yeah. like, it's just I don't know. I feel like it's one of those movies like uh, Elf. You know, we'll talk about Elf, I'm sure. But like, it's one of those movies like Elf that you can just turn on and like it's not objectionable. Nobody's going to object to it. It's not boring. Everybody can have a good time watching it. You know. Well, accidental segue. My number four is Elf. Oh and, damn. Okay. Um, yeah, Elf, dude, there's not much to be said. Everyone, this is a staple. This is a pretty generic pick. I don't give a shit. This movie has everything you want in a Christmas movie. I mean, uh, fucking Ed Asner, Bob Newhart, James Caan, Will Ferrell, Mary Steenburgen. I mean, the cast is insane. I mean, just Bob Newhart alone, but then you add Asner. You're talking about two legends. Like... And and Will Ferrell plays it perfectly. There is not a funnier person on the planet in 2003 than Will Ferrell. Yeah, it's like uh, I feel like it's like so hard to like make a modern Christmas classic. You know, like I, I know like Polar Express like came out, and it's like this is a new Christmas classic, and it's like yeah, but if you go back and watch it, it's like the animation is really fucked up, and you know I don't know, but like Elf is a true modern christmas classic like it is you're right it has everything that you would want from a christmas movie it's funny 
it's uh you know like i said something everybody can enjoy you can just turn on in a room full of everybody and they can all watch it and and laugh and shit it's uh yeah it's a great christmas movie i don't think it's a basic pick at all it's one of those movies man like i think you'll know what i mean when i say this now a lot of movies being made like yeah they're they're for adults and children but there's a lot of jokes kids won't get and like the movies like trying too hard to be edgy because they want to make sure they appeal to the adults too so like right depending on what your household's background is, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of things that play into whether or not you can put it on. And also some of your other movie, some of your other Christmas movies that have a little bit more dramatic themes to it. They're just not as fun, but elf is one of those movies. It might be next to like classics, like the Grinch or something. It might be like the best, like modern Christmas movie. Like Probably in the last 20 years. I mean, oh, I mean, I think across, so. I mean, what across is, the board. Yeah. What is even the competition for that? I mean, I, I would say Elf is probably, I mean, Elf is probably maybe the most ubiquitous like Christmas movie over the past, I would say, 30 years, maybe. I mean, yeah. Maybe since National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah. It's a, or, or a Christmas story. What year did that come out? I think that came out in the seventies. Yeah. It's funny. Cause you're naming some movies that aren't on our list that we're probably going to address because yeah, that's just, yeah, it's funny to me. Yeah. It's uh elf is a great movie, man. Uh, you can't say enough good things about elf. Um, yeah. Make, um, making these movies is a talent. Um, yeah. You know, what's funny is the reason we don't have a sequel rumor has it is because John Favreau and Will Ferrell didn't get along. Really? That's the rumor. Damn, that's interesting. So, yeah, I think that's really interesting because, like, I would love a sequel. I don't even care if it sucks. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And plus, I'm sure it'd be popular. You pop that thing on Netflix. I'm sure everybody'd be watching it. You know, I'm just surprised they haven't tried to make a sequel without Will Ferrell. Like, just a sequel to kind of like kind of play off of the name Elf and get people to watch it before they realize they've been had. <laughs> or, I mean, or without Favreau, I mean, Jesus, that'd be the easiest thing, you know? Just be That's like, true. all right, Will, who do you want to direct this, you know? Um, Yeah, I don't know. But guys, everybody's seen Elf. Like, if you haven't, go watch it, obviously, but it's worth watching this Christmas season just because it's, it's perfect. Yeah, like, it's so good. You can't go wrong watching it, so... What is your, uh, what's your number three? All right. My number three is, um, now we're down into, uh, like my favorite kind of Christmas movies, which I love the nineties, uh, uh, Christmas movies. Don't get me wrong, but my, my, my favorite kind are just the classic Hollywood ones, just because that's my favorite kind of movie, just American Hollywood stuff from like, say the thirties through the fifties or early sixties. And so my number three is a screwball comedy. Uh, with Barbara Stanwyck called Christmas in Connecticut. Um, I love this movie. Um, basically, the gist of it is uh, Barbara Stanwyck writes this column in like a woman's magazine in like the 40s. And um, the column is like, in the column, she's basically pretending to be this woman who lives on this farm in Connecticut. And she gardens and raises all of her own vegetables and cooks these elaborate meals and has these kids that she takes care of but of course it's all a fiction um well basically events conspire so that the publisher of the magazine comes down off his high horse and is like i want to go to this 
Um, I, I, I want to go to this woman's house and I want to have Christmas dinner there. And I'm, I'm, I want to bring this like uh, world war two soldier, you know, who's injured or whatever. And so basically Barbara Stanwyck and her friends have to pretend that she is this like Susie homemaker in Connecticut um, whenever if really she's just a city girl from New York city who doesn't know jack shit about how to make dinner and all that shit. So um, as you can imagine, hijinks ensue. Um, I love this movie, but you, I think just saw this movie for the first time, right? What did you think of it? I really enjoyed it, man. It had a really have one of those, you know, that, that tone that you get from those movies, and I, the story was obviously interesting. It was funny. I love, I do anything that involves like shenanigans about, oh, we're in the same house, but we got to get you out of this room because somebody else is coming from this room. Right. And, and dude, you got babies being tossed around like, and then he's like, Hey, this isn't the same baby from last night. Well, yes, it is. Well, how come it's blind now? Yeah. What? Get out of here. I got to take care of the baby. That's just, just funny. Like, it's just kind of, it's not slapstick, but it's also like. It's not trying to be smart humor. It's just funny. Right. Like there's nothing about it. Their relationship was awesome when they go out on the sleigh, like, and then they get arrested. I just, right. uh, yeah. it was just one of those movies, man. It was one of those old classic feel fun movies that, uh, I don't know. I, it's, it's definitely like, obviously it didn't find its way in my favorite Christmas movies, but it is just one of those ones where it's like, you know, movies like this get made even today, just not as good. Right. You've got the fake marriage and and these two people fall in love, but they think it's kind of forbidden. Be, obviously, they think it's forbidden because one party thinks the other party's married. And then like the little twist was finding out he's engaged. Like, right. It's just really interesting. It, it, this movie's worth checking out. I think it's like three bucks if you want to rent it. So it's worth watching. Yeah, I love anything. I love Barbara Stanwyck. She's one of my like favorite like old Hollywood actresses and like this is kind of before she, you know, kind of starts to turn in like the really bitter performances of like, um, you know, double indemnity, but also um, uh, what's that Sam Fuller movie? 40 guns. Um, yeah. This is before she starts to turn in those kind of performances. And so it's really, I don't know, kind of a young, you know, beautiful Barbara Stanwyck and she's just kind of guileless and, I don't know. Yeah. The, the, she, of course there's a sailor who's like falling in love with her, but he thinks she's married. So he's like trying to be, you know, appropriate or whatever. And I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's one of those, um, like you said, movies like this get made today, but like people like they're just kind of average, like studio, you know, movies and productions, but the level of skill that they had back then for making this kind of thing was just so, much more than it is today, you know, because back then it was, it was a factory, you know, they were, they were putting these out and nowadays it's just, it's just not the same. The level of skill is just not the same. And so like the love story actually really, like you don't expect to like go into a movie called Christmas in Connecticut and it actually be like a, a workable love story, but it actually does work. I mean, they take this, you know, kind of moonlits and like, like you said, sleigh ride and, and then get arrested and it's funny. And, um, you know, they're like, we're, you're under arrest. And she's like, Oh good. I'm freezing, you know? And then of course the hijinks, I mean, the hijinks are out of control. The whole house is just rollicking with, it's like an episode of Frasier or something. Like there's just all kinds of misunderstandings and misapprehensions going on. And the backdrop of course is this beautiful farm in Connecticut, this beautiful, 
uh, you know, country farm in Connecticut that's like decked out in like Christmas stuff and they're decorating the Christmas tree. It's just, I don't know. This is, this is a warm hug of a movie. Um, yeah. So I would recommend it to everybody, obviously. Um, I love, I love when he calls the police freaking out saying the baby's been kidnapped. But then when he realizes like when he's told it's not, he just kind of like calls them back and like backs off of it. But it's like, that's not the way it works, man. <laughs> like you got the cops involved looking for a, an infant who you said was kidnapped. Like there's some, there's some questions that are going to need to be answered. <laughs> yeah. Call, yeah. Calls and reports of kidnapping and calls back a minute later. It's like, no, we're good. Actually don't come. Like, yeah, don't, it, uh, don't, it, don't yeah, it, it was funny, man. All right, so what's your number three? My number three is another pretty well-known one, Christmas Carol. Now, I like every version. The first version I saw growing up was the Mickey Mouse version. Then I read the book, and I love the 2009 version. I know a lot of people didn't, but it's the Jim Carrey like motion capture version from Zemeckis. I thoroughly enjoyed the animation in that. Just revisit it to make sure I still liked it, and I actually did. Um, and I also liked the one FX did last year with Guy Pierce. It was a little darker, a little more twisted, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. That one's on Hulu. It's worth watching. But Christmas Carol is depressing, but also uplifting. I love the story. I love the idea. I love the supernatural aspect. Um, it's just cool, man. It's one of those things that stay with me. Like I, I, I remember the Mickey Mouse version like it was yesterday and it's it stuck with me ever since I was a kid. So I just I, I picked the 2009 version, but I like I like all of them. The Patrick Stewart version is really good. What about uh, Muppet so. Christmas Carol? Have you seen that one? Oh, yeah, dude. Fucking classic. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know why, but I don't have any particular fondness for a Christmas Carol, the story. I've never actually read the story, but of course I've seen like a million adaptations of it. Um, the 2009 one, I, I can't with the Robert Zemeckis motion cap stuff. I just, I, I just can't with that. Um, oh, is there not enough? Hold on. Is there not enough like leukemia in it? Like if there was some, <laughs> if there was some leukemia, would you like it more? Actually? Yeah. I mean, a Robert Zemeckis motion capture movie about leukemia. I mean, you can't tell me that wouldn't at least be interesting, you know? That's true. That's true. Um, no, I mean, I don't, I mean, it's fine. Don't get me wrong. Like, but it's just like, it's not something I'm going to turn on. And like, uh, it's like, I feel like it, it the same way I feel about Polar Express. It's like, oh, okay, it's fine. But I, I like the 1938 version of Christmas Carol just because, but I, I think, I think like, honestly, I just like it because it's an old Hollywood movie. Um, I don't know, man. I just don't have any particular fondness for the narrative. I don't, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I've just seen it, you know, done like about a million different ways and, uh, none of them have really hit home for me. I don't know why. Um, look, I'll tell you this, man, there's an old line from rounders and Matt Damon's character says, if you can't spot the sucker at the table in the first five minutes, then you are the sucker. So I hate to tell you, dude, if you can't spot if you can't appreciate the Scrooge, you are the Scrooge. <laughs> so maybe that's why. 
Maybe that's why you can't you can't watch it because you're just a Scrooge. I don't know what to tell you, man. Look, all I'm saying is Scrooge didn't do anything wrong, right? The man is just trying to run a respectable business. I agree, a hundred percent. I don't understand why he let those ghosts sway his decision making. <laughs> um, you know, his his partner fucking died, so he got all the money. Uh, he didn't know shit to Tiny Tim. He was probably gonna die anyway. So. <laughs> All right, so you heard it here first, folks. Christmas Carol, Scrooge, actually the hero of that narrative. Yeah, um, 100%. That's why I love it so much. I like Scrooge, the Bill Murray uh, version. Yeah, uh, whatever. You don't like that version? No, I don't even like Bill Murray. All right, well, my number, what are we on? Two? <laughs> your number two. I, I love your number two. Great pick. Uh, Shop Around the Corner. Um, I feel like we won't have to spend much time on this because we just discussed it on our uh, episode with the uh, with the lovely Audrey Kaufman. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, uh, go check that out. Um, but we discussed uh, it as part of our Ernst Lubitsch uh, Ernst Lubitsch discussion. And um, look, I don't know what to say about this. We talked about it a lot on that episode. This is just a big, I mean, I, I love the the small town atmosphere. I love the love story. Obviously, it's probably the the main component of the movie. Um, but like at the end when it's Christmas and all the shop people are happy and together and living their own kind of makeshift family. And, you know, again, we talked about this a lot on the episode, but th- this is just a great fucking Christmas movie. It's just really um I, I think the top two movies on on my list are kind of where I'd go from just like good Christmas movies to like these are just great fucking movies, period. You know, like they, these are just movies that like they they like they like rocket past what a good Christmas movie should be, and they're just masterpieces in and of themselves. And um, I don't know. Shop around the corner is, is that for me? I mean, I, what else can you really say? You know, we went into it a lot on that previous episode. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's not much for us to say. It's, it's a great movie. It's a great pick. I do feel like it captures the Christmas essence that we're looking for, like with Christmas movies, mm-hmm. Jimmy Stewart. I mean, everything man i i yeah uh, we went into detail on that episode go check it out but this movie it, it's worth watching i mean wherever you need to rent it it doesn't matter go watch it. it's like uh it's like speaking of like the office christmas party like there's no real office christmas party that takes place in the movie but it's like that's the atmosphere you know what i mean like it, 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 it's like the it's like the office you know like the the tv show the office it's like you know you can imagine like you know uh michael scott looking at you know jim or whatever and being like hey merry christmas you know like a sincere moment or whatever and like that's kind of like what the whole movie is like towards the end especially once like the plot elements get resolved and everything it's like that kind of weird uh camaraderie that you get with people you work with you know if you happen to not work with assholes or whatever you know i don't know it's 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 mostly a fiction most people don't love their co-workers that much but it's uh I don't know. It's 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 just really really special feeling you get uh, from watching Shop Around the Corner. But anyways, what I agree. It's just it's just, it's a sincere movie, man. Yeah. Like we talked about on that episode, it's a sincere movie that you really do feel something 
And uh, yeah, just go, go watch it. It's a great Christmas movie. It'll give you that warm feeling you're looking for. And not to mention, it's just a great movie in general. Right. So, uh, My number two is actually two movies, but it's honestly, uh, once again, another like pretty generic pick, but I don't care because I watch both of these every year. Actually just rewatched them last week. Home Alone 1 and 2. This these movies work on every level. They still work. They still hold up. They're still hilarious. Everything about them, dude. It's John Hughes, man. I John Hughes is magic. Everything he did was magic. Yeah, I I I love Home Alone. I actually didn't didn't rewatch the second one for this episode, and I didn't even remember it taking place at Christmas. But I, I rewatched the first one, and I mean. You know, I, I will say this. I will say this. This is not a knock on the movie at all, but like, this is something I run into sometimes when I watch these, especially early 90s movies. I, I don't know why this is the case, but like, it's something that wasn't in Jingle All the Way, but was in Home Alone. Like, do you remember a time when, like, in movies like everybody was like a family or if they have like kids like everybody was kind of an asshole to everybody else you know like yeah and i watched it i remember when this one i watched the lion king like i remember being like was simba like this like snarky and this like kind of like eh, dad like i'll do what i want like was he always this way you know and it, it, i don't know there, there's just this weird thing in the 90s where it was like seen as kind of cool or edgy to put like these kids talk back to their parents and they're like bad. And the parents are also mean to their kids. Like, I don't know, man, there's this really weird element at the beginning of home alone where like the parents are so mean to this fucking kid. And so he's an asshole right back to him. Like, I don't know, man, it, it was just really kind of unsettling when I watched it again. Did you, did you feel any of that? I mean, I do, but I've felt that before. It's just something that I ignore because it is, it it is one of those things. And that's why I do being raised the way I was raised. Some of these movies, dude, I just completely check out on the, on the parent kid relationship for the part. That's like the inciting incident, you know, that really needs to push the plot because it's bullshit. Cause I would have got my ass beat if I pulled any of that shit. So, (laughs) right. But like, and and they're like mean to him, but they're like mean to him in like a non-punishing, you know, like they're not like, we're punishing you because you did something bad. They're like legit, like, shut the fuck up, you little shit. And it's like, dude, like, <laughs> yeah. And the fact, and the fact that like everyone like buys into Buzz's bullshit. I'm sorry, dude. Like, right. right. It, yeah. It, it's all bullshit, but it doesn't matter because you get through right. the first 20 minutes. Right. And the movie is bliss. Yeah. The movie is bliss. And the movie has everything that that it needs to have. It has uh, the 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 parents make up with the kid and the family's fine. And then you get the sequel and then everything happens again. And then you're like, what's going on? And then 20 minutes later, you're like, I don't care. So it's, <laughs> it's the same fucking thing, dude. No, it's yeah. like a Gremlins 2 scenario, honestly. It's like, uh, and like, who, like, dude, who does not fucking love just the idea of being like alone in your house and not having to like, not having to be around your, like I remember being a kid watching this shit and being like, this absolutely 
owns. Like this kid is just chilling out in his house, like doing whatever he wants, eating whatever he wants, watching whatever he wants. Like, I mean, it's the ultimate kid fantasy. Oh, absolutely. You're like, well, I wish I was rich and I wish my house, I was in his house and I wish it was empty and I could eat ice cream and eat pizza and watch whatever I want. Yeah. That's, like, that's another oh, thing. Man. Yeah. Everybody's so rich in this movie. Oh yeah, dude. I remember watching this movie. Like, do people like that really exist? <laughs> like what's going on? That, that beginning with, um, with all the, uh, family like bustling around and just, you know, a million people there and so-and-so's cousins and so-and-so's kids and the uncles and aunts and all of them. Like, it made me think like, like I had, um, when I was younger, you know, we didn't, I didn't grow up with money, but I had a cousin whose dad was a used car dealer and we would always go to their house and their house was like this. Like when we used to play, like, like tell your fortune games, it'd be like, what's your favorite kind of house that you would want to live in? They would always be like a house like mine. Like, you know what I mean? Like they knew they were like loved the house that they lived in already because they were just rich. And, um, so whenever I watched this movie, that's what it made me think of. I'd be like being a kid and being in like, someone's like a nice house and there's like family everywhere. And some people are staying at the house and some people are staying at a hotel and like, I don't know, just such a powerful, like nostalgia movie, you know? No, I agree, dude. Yeah. It's, 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 um, it kind of checks all the boxes, honestly. And the fact that they were able to strike lightning twice with, with the sequel by adding Tim Curry Rob Schneider by changing the location, but it still works and you work in the element of charity and all like, dude, it's yeah, dude, it's, it's crazy that these movies still hold up. And I know some people may think they won't, but, but they don't, but I do, I think they're both still great. Yeah. I mean, I think you can make an argument that the home alone is like a perfect Christmas movie. Um, it's kind of like elf in that way. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it was almost my number one, but then something dethroned it. So, uh, all right. Well, speak of yeah. the devil. Um, let's talk about number one. My number one's a little controversial because you, well, do you want to tell yeah. the listeners? Yeah, I will tell the listeners why it's controversial <laughs> because it was on my top five. Or I should say, I was debating on putting it on my top five, but I was leaning towards it. And then Jacob made his list, sent it to me and said, hey, this movie's actually my number one, so you can't use it. <laughs> so he stole it from me like the Grinch. So I don't know if he's the Grinch or he's Scrooge. I don't know. Uh, Grooge or the Scrinch, one or the other. Uh, that could work. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't care. It's, uh, folks, it's The Apartment. 1960, Jack Lemmon, uh, Shirley MacLaine. We have talked about this movie a lot on our uh, top five favorite movies ever episode. Cause this is uh, one of my five favorite movies. Um, and honestly, I wasn't really thinking of it as a Christmas movie until I saw it on your list. And I was like, you know what? It is a Christmas movie. And so I just immediately put it at number one and uh, made a rule that you can't, uh, you know, you can't have it on your list. Sorry. That's uh but I well, f- you're welcome. But I feel like this is, I feel like this is, I mean, come on, dude. I deserve to have this movie on my list. It's literally one of my favorite movies ever. That's true. I was going to point that out. Guys, it, it was actually on our top five favorite movies of all time episode because it is in Jacob's top five favorite. So I guess it works. Um, <laughs> so sure. Um, look, whatever. It's a, it's a perfect movie. 
It's, uh, you know, Shirley MacLaine, Jack Lemmon. Go back, listen to that episode. Uh, it's a perfect Christmas movie. Jack Lemmon standing outside of his Upper West Side brownstone, freezing his butt off while the his bosses cavort with their secretaries inside. It's just, folks, it's the perfect movie. I don't, I don't know what else to say. A lot of it takes place during Christmas time and New Year's, and uh, I don't know. It's fucking great. Go, go see this movie. It's, 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 it's such a melancholy, but like still like joyous feeling. And I don't know. There's a scene where he's in a bar and there's like a drunk Santa Claus. And it's just, uh, it's just the perfect movie. Just, it, yeah, it's the greatest one. I agree. And, and Shirley MacLaine gives like uh, her performance is probably in my top five favorite performances from an actress of all time. Like, yeah, it's, um, it's incredible. She, she's so good. And uh, the whole cast, it, it, it's it's the perfect movie. Go watch it. I mean, Jack Lemmon's one of the greatest actors of all time. So, um, all right. What's your number one? My number one that I that, that I kind of cheat because I watch this year round. I probably watch this movie at least three times a year, but it actually is the movie that I'm watching later this week, probably on Christmas Eve, because it is a Christmas movie to me. Lethal Weapon, but also wait for it. Fuck Die Hard. Uh, so there we have it. <laughs> Wait, so do I'm you not, not like saying... Die Hard, or do you not like it as a Christmas movie? Uh, both. Wait, you don't you I'm don't not... like Die Hard? I not at all. I don't like Bruce Willis. I'm not saying if you have Die Hard on your top five favorite Christmas movies that your list as a whole is like shitty, but. If you have Die Hard on your top five favorite Christmas movies, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so I, I agree with that. I, I like the whole Die Hard is a Christmas movie thing. I mean, a like who cares? Like if you want to classify it as a Christmas movie, go ahead. But yeah, I would seriously question anybody who's like Die Hard is my favorite Christmas movie. It's like no, it's not. Like it's. I will say with Lethal Weapon for anybody who wants to argue this. We get our introduction to the co-lead at a Christmas tree farm buying cocaine. (laughs) It doesn't get better. Also, this is the Christmas movie that starts off with a woman getting high and then killing herself and falling on a car. And then we cut to a naked Danny Glover in the bath where his family inexplicably brings him like they couldn't wait for him to get out of the bath. They were just like, fuck it. We'll bring it to him when he's in the bath. <laughs> it's great. I fucking love this movie. Like th- this movie, it's in my, it's probably in my top 10, maybe top 15 favorite of all time. I'd have to really sit down and see if it's going to push anything out of the top 10, but I love it. This movie's perfect. I mean, Shane Black knows how to write Christmas movies, people. I mean, I don't see this as a Christmas movie really, but I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, I like lethal weapon. I think it's good, but. I do I do think it's a bit puzzling that this would be like someone's favorite Christmas movie, kind of similar to the, what I said about Die Hard. I don't I, like I, I like I don't know. I don't I guess I don't get it. Like I I like Lethal Weapon, but well, I mean, let's let's just like if we're being honest, a lot of Christmas movies regardless of subject matter, regardless of whether they're really a Christmas movie, a lot of it depends on nostalgia. Right. So the first time I watched Lethal Weapon was at Christmas. 
Ah, okay. So like, it's just one of those things. I understand. I'm not going to lie and say, oh no, it makes perfect sense. I don't know what you mean. I do know what you mean. I totally understand it. But I watched it for the first time on Christmas. And now, like I said, I, I do watch it more often, obviously, um, than just Christmas. But it's still, it's perfect, dude. I love this movie. Um, I think my number one as a movie is better than your number one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Uh, there you have it, folks. Those are our top five. All right. Let's talk about some other Christmas movies uh, briefly that are not in our top five. Let's get the elephant out of. Uh, let's just get the elephant out of the room here, people. It's a Wonderful Life. Why isn't it in your top five? You know, It's a Wonderful Life. I don't think of it as a Christmas movie. I know that that's like its popular kind of conception, obviously, and, and like the end takes place uh, on Christmas, and well, I guess technically the beginning, but not really. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think of this as a Christmas movie. I really don't. I think it is a masterpiece. I think it is a great movie. I think it's, as a historical artifact, it's a great example of, uh, you know, Frank Capra, Jimmy Stewart, of the way that Hollywood turned from making generally kind of optimistic, uh, you know, spectacles in the 30s to kind of, you know, darker uh, tones in the 1940s and stuff and with the beginning of film noir and and uh, World War II and things like that. But, I mean, I think it's a great movie. I think it really works. I think there's some real pathos in here. Um, I mean, Jimmy Stewart's, uh, you know, there's so much that is made of the ending, but like the ending is just like a fairly standard, like Hollywood happy ending that would be really in any movie of the period. You know, and and as a result, I don't think it really merits that much. Um, I don't know. It's really not that special. I think what when I think about this movie, I think of Jimmy Stewart's kind of late. This is the first time he really got to explore like a darker side of his like film persona. It's you know, it's uh, it's seething, and he's so envious that he doesn't get to you know, go off and travel the world or go off and go to college like his, you know, like his other, um, you know, friends or whatever. I mean, which is something I used to be able to relate to. And, you know, I, um, I don't know, there's just something very dark and very, uh, you know, the kind of, uh, the kind of seething, quiet desperation in American small towns. And, Donna Reed is a great, you know, is a great uh, example of how that suffering is often displaced onto like the kind of the women of the period and the homemakers. And I don't know, I think it, I think the movie is really extraordinary, but it does nothing. It has no relation to Christmas for me, like the ending where the angel gets its wings and all that shit that like that's just a fairly standard like Hollywood happy ending. For me, the movie is a really moving drama, 1940s Hollywood drama and a great performance by Jimmy Stewart. So that's why it's not in my top five. Um, I don't know. What about you? Yeah. I just don't like the movie that much. Uh, if I'm being honest, it doesn't work for me as a Christmas movie. If, if I had to classify it as anything, I would classify it the same way you did. It's a compelling drama. It's a Jimmy Stewart, Frank Capra classic. Uh, it works on every level as a drama. I don't see it working very much as a Christmas movie. I'm sure if we did some digging, we could find some reasons as to why this is considered a Christmas movie about obviously the year it came out, 
the likability of Jimmy Stewart, the fact that it does involve some elements of Christmas, angels, and all that shit. So, I mean, I could see it. If it's in someone's top five, no issue with it. But it's just, it's not the movie for me. It's not a movie. It doesn't work for me as a Christmas movie. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, and this is also the case with The Wizard of Oz. A lot of people, especially older people, consider The Wizard of Oz a Christmas movie. And it's just because for years, you know, when there were only three TV channels, they would play It's a Wonderful Life and The Wizard of Oz every year at Christmas time. Um, so I think that has a lot to do with it. But I mean, honestly, I think that, I mean, even though like we saw Christmas movies on TV and stuff like, you know, by the time we were watching TV, there was like a million channels. So like if one of them was playing Wizard of Oz, that didn't necessarily mean we were going to watch it. But like, I think that comes from like a generation older than us when there was like, you know, there was only a couple of channels. One of them was showing football and one of them was showing Wizard of Oz, you know. So I think that has a lot to do with it, why people consider it a Christmas movie. And it does end on Christmas, to be fair. But yeah, I yeah, no, I get it. Um, it's just yeah, it's just one of those, man. It's just not for me. Okay, so let's talk about a couple other ones here. Uh what about Holiday Inn? Uh because I always get this confused with White Christmas, but Holiday Inn is the one where that it, it's all about all different holidays, right? I don't know. Do you remember the difference between these two movies? Not really. I have not seen that movie in probably 20 years. Yeah. These are Bing Crosby uh, vehicles that some people are really fond of. I don't like white Christmas that well. I do like holiday Inn, but holiday Inn is about all the different holidays. Like it has like an Easter section, you know? Yeah. It kind of feels like an old school, like, kind of movie we'd see today like a fucking new year's eve or some shit like that like a you know new what year's Day or whatever. yeah that's exactly what it is you're right okay how the grinch sold christmas uh the original animated classic i don't know what about this for you this is i'm never gonna pick an animated movie to be like on my top five christmas movies you know I'm not opposed to animated movies in the top five. And I'll even tell you this i if the movie was gonna make my top five it'd be the original like uh, Rudolph or the right. original like stop motion Santa saves Christmas or whatever with the really old one. Right. Just, but that would have been a pure nostalgia pick in terms of the original Grinch. I'm not a fan of the Grinch. I've never seen the Jim Carrey version. I did watch the animated version that came out a couple of years ago. It was all right. Wasn't the best. I don't like the Grinch. I don't understand why it's so popular except that it's Dr. Seuss. So I think the Grinch, I like the Grinch's character design. Like I think the Grinch character design, like that little green monster, I think is really inspired, but like, I don't know if we should have ever made a movie about it. You know, some things are okay just as kids books. Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen the Todd Haynes movie Carol with Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara? No. And you know, that was on your list not your top five, but you just sent me a long list of movies Yeah, and I've never seen it. And I saw it pop up on someone else's list. So now I'm thinking maybe I should watch it. I mean, you should definitely watch it. It's really good. It's, it's, you know, Todd Haynes. Um, and he made that, uh, Julianne Moore movie, uh, far from heaven. And of course the HBO miniseries with Kate Winslet, uh, Mildred Pierce. So he, he is, you know, often, uh, kind of following Douglas Sirk. Like he, I think he gets a lot of inspiration from the Douglas Sirk uh, 50s melodramas. Um, and s- this is definitely kind of in that same vein, but it takes place uh, at Christmas time. And it's, you know, basically this lesbian romance 
uh, between Kay Blanchett and Rooney Mara, but it, it's like in the 50s or something, or maybe even earlier than the 50s. I don't know. But it's, uh, yeah, it's a good love story. It's kind of like a like a forbidden love, you know, um, kind of thing, obviously, because it's the 50s. But it's, yeah, it takes place during Christmas time. And Rooney Mara actually works in like a big department store. And so like, there's like, she's wearing like a little Santa hat and there's all this Christmas shit around. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a movie that like, I don't think I would classify as a Christmas movie. Like it's just a good ass movie, but it does have a lot of kind of cozy Christmas elements to it. But yeah, you should watch it. Everybody should watch it. It's, it's a good movie. I, I love Todd Haynes. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's on my list. I'm going to check it out. What about Charlie Brown Christmas? You know anything about this Charlie Brown Christmas? I don't even know if I've ever seen this, man. Yeah, dude, I'm a big fan. It's just not going to be in my top five or even my top ten, but I love it. I mean, I've watched it probably, you know, fucking 30 times over the years. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's just one of those, like, seasonal things. Like, this is what you do. It comes on. But, I mean, fuck you, Apple, because Apple bought it, and I right. had to pay to watch it. Right. Um. But it used to come on ABC every year for free. You could watch it. But uh, yeah, Apple bought it and that's life. So, <laughs> hey, that's life in dystopia, folks. Um, Yay. Uh, what about Edward Scissorhands? Do you consider it a Christmas movie? I do. It's a, that's another it's another um, non-conventional pick. Right. But I do consider it a Christmas movie. Not in my top five. Not in my top ten. I don't know if I still really like it. But it's I do consider it a non-conventional Christmas movie. Yeah, I watched it about a year ago, and I, I think it holds up. I, I really, um, you know, Tim Burton, I mean, talk about a, a variable director, uh, to say the least. But I, I think Edward Scissorhands has has the, the Tim Burton magic to it. Um, I, I really liked it when I watched it recently. What about, uh, I guess, Little Women takes place at Christmas time. I haven't seen the Greta Gerwig version, but uh, do you remember a version from the 90s with Winona Ryder and Susan Sarandon? Do you know this movie? Yeah, I want to say I watched it, um, but I don't really remember a ton about it. Yeah, I had it on VHS and I used to watch it a lot. The only thing I really remember is kind of being in love with Winona Ryder at the age of 10. And I guess still at the age of 33. You've exposed your age. Oh, God. Yeah. What about uh, Christmas Story from 1983? What do you think about this? Because I know this is a big nostalgia pick, but I don't know, man. It doesn't hold any nostalgia for me. Oh, it holds a ton of nostalgia for me. Really? And yeah, dude, I fucking love this movie. The only reason this movie isn't in my top five is just because I feel like this is one of those movies that surpasses list. Right. It's it's a glorious movie. It really is. There's so many fucked up elements in this movie that we just all overlook because collectively we're just like, yeah, this is a Christmas movie. Right. Like, <laughs> we'll ignore all this crazy, just insane, bonkers, abusive shit. Who cares, man? Because it is hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've seen this movie probably as many times as most other people our age. I don't care. I will watch it every year. I promise you before the end of this month, I will watch this movie. So, yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't, I don't get it. I don't know. I mean, it's funny, but I don't know. What about, uh, have you ever heard of this movie? I've not seen this, but it's called rare exports, a Christmas tale. Have you ever heard of this? It's a, Oh yeah, dude, that's good, man. I think it's on Netflix still. That's where I watched it a, a while back, but yeah, it's good. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, I guess I should watch it then. What about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? You want to you wanna, uh, chime in on that? I know that's one of your favorite uh, Christmas movies. Almost made my top five. Another non-conventional pick. Uh, another Shane Black classic. He just knows how to write Christmas movies. It's a great movie. I mean, it's a neo-noir. If you haven't seen it, watch it. You'll laugh your ass off. One of Val Kilmer's uh, better performances from the last 15 years or so. Watch the movie because it's it's fucking brilliant. I think the writing in it is just amazing. I don't know what your thoughts are. We've never really talked about it, but um, yeah, I think it's good. I actually think I watched the movie um on your recommendation, like I don't know, ten years ago or whenever. Um, I like it. I, I when you I didn't even remember it was a Christmas movie until you said like until you put it kind of on your long list. Um, what well, while you're at it, man, go in on uh, on trading places. Trading trading places is still one of the best like Eddie Murphy performances, best Eddie Murphy movies in general. It is fucking brilliant. Everything is hilarious. What it does, like like Eddie Murphy physical comedy in the eighties, he was king. Like even before Jim Carrey was doing it, everything he does with his face. Dude, the scene in the bathroom when he hears the rich guys talking and they're using inappropriate language and the camera is just reading his face and they say a terrible word they shouldn't have said and his reaction, it is it is brilliant. What this word movie, are you talking about? Uh, I can't really go into that, um, but <laughs> you guys should watch the movie. I don't know if it's necessarily like it's definitely non-conventional if you do put it in on your Christmas list. But it's also one of those movies like you have to watch it. It is fucking hilarious. All right. While you're on a roll, Batman Returns, Bad Santa. Good God. Batman Returns almost made my top five. It is one of the best Christmas movies ever. You're combining Batman, S&M, weird sexual undertones, Michael Keaton, Tim Burton. It's a win-win. When Danny DeVito is the penguin. Christopher Walken, a giant Christmas tree, people being electrocuted, penguins. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. And then Bad Santa. All I need to tell you is America's fa- or Amer- or Hollywood's favorite hillbilly plays an alcoholic Santa with a really funny little assistant or whatever you want to call him. He is hilarious. He's one of the most despicable individuals ever seen in a movie and it's 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 you will laugh i swear every 60 seconds there's a laugh it's great i I love all of these movies you're saying could have been in my top five all right let's do a heavy hitter here national lampoon's christmas vacation i think you're in the minority here am i right about that You're, you're not a fan of this movie oh absolutely i'm in the minority i think this movie is awful i think most of those movies are awful i think that chevy chase like the movies from that, you know, little little thing they did. I think Chevy Chase is insanely annoying. He is not funny. People try to put him on the same level as like Dan Aykroyd or Bill Murray, John Candy, all the people that were around at that time, Rick Moranis. He's not even in the same league. I'm sorry. It's a no-go. So you know, I'm not a big fan of Chevy Chase and even the, uh, you know, European vacation. Well, I don't know. European vacation is pretty funny. And when they go to the road trip is pretty funny. 
I don't know. No, I'm not a Chevy Chase fan, but I still think the the Christmas Vacation holds up. I think there's some really funny parts, and I don't know. At this point, I feel like it has become like Christmas Story almost for me, in the sense that like I literally have seen this movie so many times, I cannot even remember. And like I feel like every Christmas, even without me like like without me having any input, whatever, I just end up watching this movie somehow. Like it's just always on and, you know, I'm always like, Oh, okay. You know, and it's funny. And, you know, I don't know. It's just, this is one of those movies that's just ever present for me. And it is, it does have some funny parts. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't love it, but it's also like, it's like, you know, it's like a a Christmas ornament. Like I don't love a Christmas ornament. It's just there, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously, dude, I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and say it's not like a staple for a lot of people's Christmases. It's on a lot of lists. I am in the minority. That is a fact. This is just one of those opinions that I have that I'm sure a lot of people won't share. But I just, I can't stand it. Yeah, I, just, I can't do it. I get that. Um, all right, so I'm gonna finish this up. I got one last one. I'm gonna mention. Um, you know, a lot of times, and I feel like we very positively talk about, um, you know, nostalgia on the podcast and stuff. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, like I said, we talk about, you know, nostalgia and for the nineties and for, you know, even before that or whatever, but sometimes you'll go back and you'll watch something that you think is going to make you feel nostalgic and, you know, that you remember watching as a kid or whatever, or you'll watch something from like, old Hollywood and really think it'll put you in, in kind of this old Hollywood mood. And instead it's just kind of garish and weird. Well, that's the situation for this final movie that I want to mention. And that is Uh the nineties remake of miracle on 34th street. I loved this movie as a kid. And I guess I don't even know if I loved it or we just had it. You know how you just like had a VHS that you just watched over and over it's like it's hard to even say if I liked it or not, or we just had a movie that I just watched a lot. This has the little girl who played Matilda. I cannot think of her name. Yeah, what is her name? Mara Wilson. Uh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mara Wilson. Um, she's like, I don't know, on Twitter and stuff. And this says none other than Richard Attenborough himself as actual Santa Claus. And there's just so many fucking weird things about this movie. It's Miracle on 34th Street. It's basically her mom is like an executive at uh, Macy's, except for it's not Macy's. It's called, uh, I don't know. I forget what it's called, but it's basically Macy's. Macy's wouldn't give them the rights. So it's it's something else. But uh, and there's like a rival toy store and like like the the movie sets it up to where like for the first half of the movie the audience is supposed to be rooting for like a marketing scheme to work like so the mom can like get a raise so she can buy a big house in Connecticut and move out of the city it's really strange and there's a love story between the mom and a guy who lives across the hall and he like randomly proposes marriage to her and she is like really mean to him, but also he like takes care of her daughter and stuff. It's and it's really kind of like 90s and corporate and like girl boss, you know, like, I don't know, like that kind of thing before girl boss was really a word. But she, but it's the kind of thing where it's like she's a big, important woman who doesn't have time for men, you know, and um, I don't know. I actually put this movie on my long list 
before I whittled it down to five and I rewatched it. And folks, let me tell you, it was just a bad experience. Sometimes you have situations like that where you think, you know, that you're going to like have this great big nostalgia, you know, Oh, it's going to be so much fun to watch this movie. And let me tell you, jingle all the way. That's exactly what it was. Jingle all the way is even better than I remembered, but fucking miracle on 34th street. It's awful folks. It's soulless. It's like 90% about like corporate politics. It's really, really a strange movie. Um, And then there's (laughs) the end is a big courtroom battle between I shit you not one man trying to prove that Santa isn't real and one man trying to prove that Santa is real. And the guy who's arguing that Santa is real actually wins at the end of the movie, which tells you what kind of movie this is. It's really a strange affair. I don't know. Have you ever seen this movie before? I have not. And I'll even be more honest and say, I haven't seen a miracle on 34th street, the original since I was a kid. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I think I've seen the original maybe once. I don't even know if I've ever seen the original, but the remake itself, brother, I'm telling you it's garbage. So, you know, sometimes It it looks real bad, honestly. Look, sometimes, you know, you'll be wanting to scratch that nostalgic itch and get, you know, get that feeling we're talking about with the hot cocoa and the nice warm blanket and the Christmas lights or whatever, and you'll get fucking slapped in the face and, you know, just the door slammed in your face. No nostalgia here. It was actually dog shit. You should feel bad about yourself for ever liking this thing, you know. Uh, Don't be so hard on yourself. It's okay. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, well, I wanted to end it on a very, on a very nice note. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, well, that's our Christmas movie we, compendium. We are going to finish on a nice note because guys, I know all movies are different. All, all, all lists are typically different in Christmas movies. There's a wide range of them. So, um, let us know kind of what some of your favorites are. Hell yeah. And Cause I would love to know, I would love to know if you guys share a uh, similar interest. Do you have something that's completely different? Do you agree with our assessment that lethal we- or my assessment, the lethal weapon is a Christmas movie. Do you think Christmas movies should have families arguing about leukemia and bone marrow? Um, like, let us know what, what you think of those. So yeah. Going back to, you know, Christmas tale. Yeah. When yeah. I got it. I got the little dig. Yeah. 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 Um, outside of that, I mean, guys, we're about to wrap up the year. We're about to, uh, doing this one year. That's nuts. And, um, we got some good stuff coming. We're going to do a state of the podcast episode as the final one for the year. We got some new stuff. We're rolling out. We got some great guests coming up. Things are going to get crazy here at the silver screen video in 2021. And we are pumped. it's a whole new year folks you had us you had us this year to kind of help guide you through the pandemic you know the 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 difficulties of the year but folks next year 2021 it's a bright future and we're gonna make some changes around here look things change nature change is nature it was a famous quote from ratatouille this is this is the nature of things. They change, they evolve, they grow. And folks here at silver screen video, we're growing like nobody's business. 
And we've got some fun shit planned for you guys in 2021 that I'm going to be honest. I think I'm speaking for John too. We literally cannot wait to tell you about. So uh, yeah, that's coming up next week. Also, as we say every week, or we, I don't know if we say it every week, but we should thank you for listening. Cause we know there's a lot of shit out there. We know there's a lot of content out there. We appreciate you guys spending some time with us every week. Don't forget to tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to review wherever you listen. iTunes would be great or whatever Apple's calling their shit now. Give us a five-star review. You know you want to. And uh, and yeah, just tell your friends and listen. So you have anything else to add before we wrap it up? Uh, nah, man. Let's send it home. Just uh, want to wish uh, sincerely a sincere happy holidays, Merry Christmas to every single one of our listeners out there. Um, we could not have imagined that they, we would have this many listeners um, when we started this podcast. We thought it was honestly, we thought it was kind of a silly thing to do. Who needs another podcast where guys are talking about movies? But uh, apparently there was one and you guys have responded. And uh, I don't know. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And uh, hopefully next year will be a bigger and better one. Uh, but while you wait it out, um, I don't know. Enjoy a nice cup of hot cocoa and a nice warm Christmas movie, I guess. Absolutely could not have said it better myself, so we will end it there. Guys, once again, thanks, and uh, we will see you next week. Thanks for stopping by the Silver Screen video. Christmas, you filthy animal. And a Happy New Year.